Hey, I'm JB. And I'm Doug. And, and we, we are, are your Kraken Captains. Welcome to another episode of the Kraken Captains podcast. Thanks for joining us. So, what's on tap for today's episode, Doug? Ha ha ha, we got a heavy dose of game breakdown in the maelstrom for you fans out there. We're going to get you caught up and look at where the team is headed moving forward. Then we will hit you with some solid info on the 32 Barn Grill, which just opened up at the Kraken Community Iceplex. Oh, and you'll never guess who made our What the Puck segment this week. Uh, Whoa, 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 Doug. Don't give it away. Let's leave that as a surprise. Let's get into the maelstrom. The maelstrom, the maelstrom, the maelstrom, the maelstrom. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh yeah, it's the maelstrom. We're hitting you with a maelstrom. <laughs> Starting with Tuesday, October 26th, the Kraken took on the Montreal Canadiens. Seattle reigned victorious with a 5-1 victory. Grubauer was in goal, and Jordan Eberle opened up the scoring, and then we had two goals from Turbo Tanev, one from Yanni Gord, and the closing goal from Ryan Donato. The Kraken were looking good. Next up, we had Thursday, October 28th, where Seattle took on Minnesota Wild. Seattle won 4-1 in this bout. Minnesota opened up the scoring, but the Kraken shut them down hard. They pounded it and pounded it until it was done. Two goals from Hayden Fleury. One from Tanev, and the empty net goal from the Kraken captain, Mark Giordano. Halloween. Seattle Kraken take on the New York Rangers at the Climate Pledge Arena. The New York Rangers took the victory back to New York with them with a 3-1 to victory over the Seattle Kraken. This is where the deep-seated roots of conflict burrowed deep into my soul. Not really. I'm a Rangers fan through and through, if I'm being honest. I can't help it. Being from New York, that's my team. It's funny being in town, you know, while the expansion is happening and and you're lucky enough to get to see the team actually sprout from nothing to become a full NHL hockey team in the town you live in. You know, when you're obsessed with hockey in general, that's a really exciting thing. You know, I really love hockey and I don't really know what else I can say, but I'm wondering if anybody else out there besides me has this going on where you know you grew up a solid fan of one hockey team and now you know you're you're mixed up in the maelstrom and you're just loving this whole Seattle Kraken thing but you know you've got that you've got that inner conflict so wow. that's that's what I want to hear from you and from our fans what are your thoughts on this of course, I think the good news is you don't have to deal with it too much. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. The Rangers all the time. <laughs> In the Pacific Division, it would be tough. But I mean, yeah, anybody who, unless you were, you know, a fan of only watch like college hockey or the WHL, yeah, and all that stuff, then then you probably have some conflict because probably a, an NHL team out there that you're rooting for. Or, um, but you know, it's just that new, new team smell, right? Mm, mm, mm. Everybody uh, loves something new. That's for sure. Well, you I, do, I know I do. Yeah. Well, and uh, just the excitement of being, n- not many people can say they're part of the start of a franchise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was there for the first home game. I it's was like, there. Yeah. You know, when, when Steve Jobs made the first, you know, iMac or whatever, and everyone's like, oh. 
We just changed the game. Yeah. <laughs> Personal computers or whatever. Somebody out there is like, I'm pretty sure that Microsoft is the first <laughs> Anyway, the point is, yeah. Whatever. Man, I think it can be both. You can be yeah. both. You yeah. know, and you only I, have to be conflicted when I, I've been going through it my whole life, honestly, because there's other teams I like besides the Rangers. Think about it this way. The Rangers are your baby, like your first kid. And the Kraken are that cool, like new kid that you didn't think you were ha- going to have, but you're going to love them just the same. Oh, yeah. Moving on. All my children. <laughs> I love all my children equally. There's <laughs> no favorites in this family. Right, right. Well, nice. I'd love to hear everybody else's comments uh, on social media. Hit us up. Yeah, for sure. There's a myriad of opinions, I'm absolutely sure. So let's just move on from there, and we'll talk about Monday, November 1st, when the Kraken came up with a a loss to Edmonton Oilers again with a 5-2 defeat. And that's a they're in our division we had Joey Decord in the net for this one. And I was just going to say, you know, it's McDavid. What can you do? But he only had one assist in the whole game. And really what it was was Dreisaitl scoring two goals and two assists. Oh, I think Dreisaitl might have scored three goals. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Anyways, and Miko Koskinen stopped 27 out of 29 with a .931 save percentage. Tough to beat a show like that. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Dreisaitl, it's the same line as McDavid. So even if McDavid wasn't, like, lighting up the score sheet, lighting up the stat sheet. He's a big-time playmaker, for sure. You know he's there making a difference. Everybody's on the ice. He's drawing some focus so that. Yeah, the coverage. His thing, you know. That's Uh, right. And I just, Drieger, I thought it was a cool game just just for Joey Decord because Drieger has been injured. Um, he's actually back at the time that we're recording this. He's back off IR, but the court came up from the checkers and was able to get a start in this game. And obviously it's not the result he wanted, but the experience, it's the experience is worth yeah. every second. That's good because who knows what's going to happen later on in the season. So what, it, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough spot. And there's, <laughs> this is, you know, a division opponent. So we got to pay extra special attention to these because, they're, you know, more important than some of these other games when it comes down to seeding and playoffs and all that stuff. So That's hopefully right. moving forward, we can steal some wins from the, the Oilers. You know, they're a good team, but uh, I'd love to see us take them down. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about the game on the fourth versus the Sabres. That was a Seattle win five to two. Um, I was there, and I got to witness Eberle get uh, the team's first hat trick. Woo! Uh, amazing. Some cool stuff. It was good after those t- tough two losses to turn things around at home. Uh, it was a decisive win. You got sneaky Morgan Geeky. Oh, yeah. Beautiful goal in the first. And uh, although it technically wasn't a, pl- a power play goal, I uh, I count it um, because it was right after time expired. and they hadn't, you know, gotten everybody into position. So, and I think it's great because everybody knows the power play is not doing that well. So anything that you can uh, build on is good. Chris passing, good decision-making, being decisive with the puck. That uh, was a great shot. None of this like, oh, better pass it again. You mm-hmm. know, at some point you see an open lane, you just got to shoot the puck. You got to so. shoot the puck. Put it on net, baby. Well, That's what I like. 
Place like that, you know, you can put on film and the coaches can show it over and over and over again and be like, this is an example of what we need to be doing. So hopefully that leads to more power play success. But uh, the real story, of course, was Everlake getting the hat trick. Three beautiful plays. First two goals were a show of skill and patience. Um, Beautiful shot on the first one. Second one, he kind of danced and hesitated. Still went short side with the puck, but made it look like he was going to skate around and go backside. Um, and then the third one was just hard work, you know, putting the, the puck on net. It trickled under Tukarski's pad, um, kind of like five-hole leg hole, but uh, really did kind of trickle through. You watch it, and you're like, how did that get through there? <laughs> so, but, hey, uh, great, great win for the team. There were times in, like, the second period where it felt like the game might be slipping away, so – uh, it's good to see them really pull through and, and get one. And Schwartzy added a empty netter at the end of the game. So Kraken with a, a good decisive win. Heck yeah. It's good to see that first franchise hat trick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all these firsts. So let's get them out of the way. So we get them get- out of the way so we can get some more. Yeah. Then we've got two nights later, the sixth Saturday, the 6th of November, um, Kraken dropped the game four to five against the coyotes. This one was a heartbreaker, um, especially because we came out with a lot of energy and we scored two goals within like 60 seconds. Uh, Everlay scores a quick goal. And then Yanni Gord added another one. Uh, and I thought, Hey, we could be building something here after the way we finished the game against the Sabres and the way we closed them out. And then the, the tide just turned the coyotes scored almost immediately I think it was just over 30 seconds later. And then from there, things started to just kind of unravel a little bit. Um, Bastian, Nathan Bastian did get his first goal as a Kraken. And we headed into the third, up three to two. But Arizona piled on two goals, uh, making it three unanswered. <clears throat> just when all hope was was lost, our Kraken captain, Mark Giordano, scores a a beauty to tie the game up at four, but Grubauer and the Kraken allow a goal less than 30 seconds later, and we fall to a winless Coyotes team at the time. And so three nights later, we get another loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, But I don't really want to touch on that, um, even though it is a division game, because I feel like it's just a kind of continuation of what some of what we've been seeing um, in the first dozen games or so and so I want to touch on some of the stuff I think we've seen over these first few games and first I think we can address the bad stuff Grubauer is definitely in a slump he can certainly play better I think he's a really good goalie I'm sure he holds himself to a high standard um, but in my opinion I think he he's a bit off the mark now there's a lot that goes into this you know obviously the, the people playing in front of you and how things are looking, and and um, I think there are some goals that are definitely not his responsibility, but I'm sure there are some goals that he really wants back. Uh, and definitely, I think anybody with eyes can see that there are some goals where you're like, "Wow, he's, that was." He's starting to get chirped in the media a little bit too for it, and yeah. so I know he's got to be taking that personally. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, as much as you say, you know, def- there's, and I agree, there's definitely some goals that, you know, he sh- he'd love to have back, I'm sure, and maybe he should have had them. But some of this 
some of it falls on the defense too, you know? Oh, absolutely. I and, think. and the offense, really. Yeah, I think it's it's the transition game. You know, obviously there's some there are some letdowns on defense, but the interesting thing is at the time at the end of that Vegas game, we were allowing the fewest shots on goal per game. Shows you that the defense is doing some things right. I just think it the opportunities that these teams are getting, tons of breakaway opportunities, tons of turnovers, you know, in the transition game, trying to get into uh, the offensive zone that leave the goalie like hanging out to dry. It's crazy. Um, so I'm going to continue to advocate for Grubauer. I think he's a really good goalie and I think he will get better. But the last thing we want is for him to like have the yips, you know what I mean? Where it like, yeah, absolutely. Gets no, he's got, we got to build his confidence up. Right. So we got to work on making sure they don't get a, as many quality chances. Um, he's good at freezing the puck, you know, so not a ton of rebounds, um, but they're just, it's just how the puck is rolling right now. And you got to figure out how to, how to turn it around, you know? So the other thing is we're losing critical face-offs. There have been at least two that I can remember kind of set plays off of the face-off that turned into easy goals immediately. Yeah. So those. In those critical situations, you got to find a way to win some more face-offs, especially in the defensive zone, you know. And then lastly, I think the power play is bad. It's the worst in the league. <laughs> There's no getting around it. Um, and those are easy points. You have to take advantage of your advantage, right? That's right. That's right. You got the extra man out there. You got to you gotta make use of that and find the open player and put that puck on the net for sure. Yeah. And uh, I want to touch on the other thing that I think they need to figure out is the most dangerous 90 seconds in hockey, which is the 90 seconds after you score a goal. I don't know what it is. If you kind of naturally breathe out and relax a little bit, but it seems to me that the most dangerous time in hockey is when you've scored a goal that that next 90 seconds, tons of goals are scored. And, and particularly for this team right now, it's, it's blatantly obvious that, the answering goals come quick. They come within those like first 90 seconds a lot. So oh, yeah, turn up that laser focus and figure less, out. Less how... celebrating, <laughs> more, <laughs> more defense playing. <laughs> Maybe that's a little bit of like that, that first mentality, like achieve something again here. It's like, nah, <laughs> go out and like playing a game over and over and over again. It's time to win guys. Let's go. Yeah, so these guys are falling victim, I think, to that phenomenon. And it's a momentum killer and a spirit crusher. And it, it works on the crowd, too. If you're at home, oh, you know, man. all that noise from that goal, and then none of that, it's like it's like a knife cutting that energy. Oh, right. shuts it right down. Yeah, so you're going to help yourself by not doing that because you're going to keep the crowd amped up. And when you're at home, like that energy. That's, that's what you need. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, so. contagious. Now, I think we got to also talk about the good, though. Um, the team's fighting through this stuff. Uh, I don't really see any sign of them giving up or, like, not buying into the system. I think it's more of them, like, finding themselves on their heels, especially to start games. Um, we're getting points from all up and down the roster, which, you know, is what everyone dreams about on a team you build a team you're like yeah it'd be really nice if the second and third and fourth line could all score points 
And right now, I mean, Tanev, Gord, McCann, Schwartzy, Giordano, Flurry scored two goals the other night. Eberle obviously is on fire. Uh, tons of people scoring goals. I mean, Tanev was the goal leader for a while there. So you, ha- I think you have to be excited about that part because if you can get these other things right and continue to get points from these guys, then you're you're going to get some. You're going to have some special nights, you know. I think uh, the leaders on the team are doing just that. They're leading. They're producing on the ice, and I'm sure in the locker room, the captain strikes hard in Arizona, right? Giordano scores that game-tying goal, which, you know, everyone was like, I was losing my mind about because, you know, that's that's what you dream about when you pull the goal. You're like, finally, it's working. And then in that game, I think – no, it wasn't that game. It was the next game. He's uh, Giordano skated full out at the end of the game. He was skating full steam to stop a puck from going in net, even though they had already scored another empty netter. You know, and, and game is basically in hand, and he's still skating flat out. And if your captain's doing that, everyone else on the team sees that, and uh, they're going to follow that lead. And I think that's going to lead to good things for the team because that's the kind of effort you need. They just need to figure out how to put it all together. So I think they're bringing the energy every night and working hard. And the problem is just consistency. You know, they they need to be consistent, shift in and shift out and play 60 minutes and close out games and not find themselves like on their heels, you know, like for whatever reason it is, like all of a sudden, you know, bam, one goal least two goals. It's like the guy who strikes out at the plate and then the rest of his bats are horrible because he's like, it's in his head. You got to forget. Dwelling on the one. Yeah, you got to forget that stuff and move on and get on to the next one. So that's that- right. It's, it's a good team full of good players. And, you know, as long as they can get past some of this, like, oh, this is the first time mentality and, you know, move on to, uh, yeah, like you said, performing day in and day out. And, playing good defense, you know, getting pucks deep, putting them on net, all that, all that old cliche stuff, but playing the game, right. That's how to do it. Yeah. Fundamentals. Right. And, I mean, and they, they can do it. They, we got the good team. They just gotta, they just gotta build a little more chemistry together and we'll see what happens as, as the season rolls on. So the last thing I think I want to mention, I mean, we didn't really touch on the Vegas game other than we lost that game, but I, I do want to make sure that, we mentioned that Drieger did get his first start. He, he was able to get off IR and come up, and he did get his first start. And, you know, played admirably, I think, even though it was a loss. Um, so good to have him back in the lineup and getting some more experience and all that. And Grubauer, he used a night off here and there. So uh, Yeah, that's what you want. You want to have a good backup goalie to, to back him up. Not that Joey Decord wasn't wasn't good. They, they both look pretty good. It's just – it's just like we've been talking about the whole team coming together. Right. Exactly. So those are those are the games, and that's where we stand. That's uh, that's kind of the maelstrom. So uh, let us know what you think about all that, and maybe what what maybe was your favorite game. You know, for me, it was definitely the Buffalo game since I was there and everybody got the hat trick. It was a kind of a really cool moment. So um, that was my favorite. But you can let us know what your favorite one was as well. And yours, Doug, was probably the Rangers game, yeah? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I did see the hat trick too on television. I wasn't there for that one, but I got to watch it on TV. And you're right, those goals were just magnificent. Watching Eberle do that sort of stuff on the ice for the Kraken instead of the Islanders is is definitely exciting. The Rangers game was it was awesome. I you know couldn't have asked for a, a better a better game to see at the Climate Pledge Arena, and I'm glad I was able to go to that, but. But watching Everly come in and, and do what we're expecting him to do is is exciting. I can't wait to see some more of that. Yeah, that pirouette goal in Vegas. Uh, yeah, the backhand short side. That's uh, top top cheese. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's on fire right now. He's a player to watch for sure. Well, should we check out what is a Kraken in, in the community, Doug? Let's check it out. What's Kraken in the community? So today we're uh, highlighting the 32 Bar and Grill. Let me tell uh, you about the menu. They got pretzel knots, poutine, Dungeness crab macaroni and cheese. They got pizza, burgers, Dungeness crab roll, Cubano sandwich, fish and chips, seared salmon, and a ribeye steak. They, they have a vegan option. Also an impossible burger but some people were saying it was out of stock when they went in. Yeah, stuff out of stock right now, I believe it. <laughs> that's true. You got the supply chain things going on, you know? But that's not a bad little, uh, I mean, that wasn't the whole menu, but that was some stuff we cherry-picked off the menu and, you know, some entrees and some appetizers and stuff like that. It's not a, I mean, that's not a bad start. It no, seems it like you can't good. have hockey without poutine, so mm. that's on there. Crab mac and cheese, that's a hit. Um, cool to see, you know, local crab, obviously, with the Dungeness crab roll. Yeah, the local favorite is the Dungeness. Yeah. Uh, and pretzel, the pretzel knots. I love the – anytime I'm watching a hockey game, I'm trying to get the hot pretzels, so. Yeah, perfect. Good to see. Hopefully they got some nacho cheese to go along with that. Yeah, I'm going to go up there and uh, try to check out that ribeye. It's 28 bucks, and That's not a bad price for a ribeye entree. Yeah, yeah. So see, uh, see what they're doing with their old ribeye. Check it out. Mm-hmm. It's uh, they're open now. The local hockey bar in the heart of the Kraken's Lair. I read that from the website. The Kraken's Lair. The hockey bar in the heart of the Kraken's Lair. I'm really excited to check it out. The reviews make me want to think twice about it, but. Uh, yeah, the people are saying, you know, everything from small portions to poutine with no gravy. And, uh, if you think you'll be able to buy me a drink with that crisp 20 you earned mowing your grandma's yard, think again, cause it's a cashless facility. Oh, cashless, cashless. Just like climate <laughs> pledge. No cash. <laughs> Dang it. Doggone it. I just sold, I just sold that old TV was going to go spend it there, but I guess not. Everywhere on the website said that uh, they close at 1 a.m., but I read a couple of reviews from different patrons who said that they went there after a game, showed up at 10.30 p.m., and they were they they were closing the bar at 11. So mm. these these patrons didn't even get to have a, a game after the – a drink after the game is what right. I meant to say. So that's kind of sad, but – I don't know. Maybe that's one of the mandates. Maybe they got to close at 11 for the for the bar or something still. I don't know if that's temporary or what. It could be just uh, staffing, too. 
I mean, you know, I'm going to – no gravy on the poutine. I, I don't know if you can do that. I, I don't know what that's about. But it sounds to me like, you know, they're trying to get it done and trying to staff it, just like everybody. That What they probably did is they opened it up and they're like, we'll, we'll run Skeleton Crew and get this place staffed. And so they're working through hiccups and issues. But I'm, I'm going to go check it out because – yeah, and we'll reserve judgment until we go there ourselves. Exactly. For a drink and an entree, and then we'll let you know what we think. Exactly. And if nothing else, you get to watch some practice because the bar looks right down on the rink. So, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. The whole facility is actually really, really nice. Yeah. Hopefully, they got Bushmills. Yeah, I think if they, if they have a decent, you know, head bartender, buyer or whatever they want to call it they should have bushmills for you yeah. so i can't, I can't do the I, i'm i'll i'll try me some jack denny some jack denny that's always a classic all right if they don't have any bushmills i'm going straight to jack denny perfect well that's our uh cracking in the community segment that's what's cracking in I'm just glad, you know, they figured it out. They called it the 32 Bar and Grill. There wasn't any problem with any other bars or facilities. And it's finally open and we can actually go enjoy it. So awesome. I'm glad that they got it done. And now we can check it out. I agree. What, what, the, what the fuck? Time for the surprise. Should we tell them? Tell them who made what the puck segment? Who made the What the Puck segment, JB? Some fans. Some fans did. Some Kraken fans. Not all Kraken fans, but some fans. You know who you are. You you know who you are. I'm, uh, I'm not saying that you can't be frustrated. I'm not saying that the team can do no wrong. But I feel like... 13 games into a season. Your inaugural, your inaugural season. First season ever. Season might be a little early to start calling for people's heads. And everybody needs to get fired. And we need to start over. Well, let's burn the place to the ground and try again. And it was just a lot of chatter out on the internet. Out oh. on social media. About how everything is burning to the ground. Y'all need to chill. Exactly. I think everybody needs to take a breath and just chill out. and Meditate. Uh, yeah. Meditate on it. I was going to... I had a big analogy that I was going to do about JFK and the space race and going to the moon. And I thought about it and I was like, I'm not going to compare this hockey team trying to go to the moon because... I don't want to like. I don't want to lecture people. Uh, you don't. You don't need to say that much more. It's just you, we all know what this is. We've got. We've got. How many guys on the team that all got shifted from other cities, other teams in the country, and you know haven't been playing together? And then it's bad enough when you get one guy that leaves a team and goes on. You know, here's a guy that's been playing in you know New York, for example, for six seven years and then he gets traded off to somewhere else and you know that can be challenging for that single player now multiply that by every single guy on the team 
Right. And you're uprooting their whole life and their family. You bring them to a town they've never been to, in some cases, never been to, but certainly no one's played hockey here in years and years and years professionally. You're putting a bunch of people together and then their stadium there is even ready. So they got to hit the road. Uh, even the home games are not in Seattle where they go home to their families. And then they open the season like six games on the road. So hockey doesn't have that long of a training camp. It's not like football where you come in in June for a couple of weeks and then you like come back in August for a month and get ready. Yeah. It's like hit the ground yeah. running. Yeah, before preseason, these guys are probably lucky to have a couple hours on the ice together. Yeah, and hockey might be the ultimate chemistry game because – it's not about where the puck is. It's about where it's going. And if you don't know where that the your your partner on the ice is going to be, you can't put the puck where it needs to be. You see those, you see those plays all the time. You see those I plays know. all the time where you got, you, got, you got three guys breaking. It's a three on two. And you got the one guy coming up the side with the puck. And, and two guys on top of each other. And he goes to pass it across ice. But that guy hits the brakes because he thinks he's going to pass the other guy, you know what I mean, or something. And the puck, there goes the puck to nobody because the one guy just wasn't expecting him to make that pass at that second, right? right. You can't, like, you can't read the guy's play. mind. Yeah. And it's not like they're running plays every single time. They're going up and down the ice. I mean, they, they've probably got a handful of plays that they've practiced at practice, but it's not football either. The coach ain't calling – the quarterback ain't calling a play every time they step out on the – field right those right. guys are up and down the ice bing bada boom it's spur of the moment you got to make those decisions like that right and yeah so they got to communicate in the moment as much as they can while they're skating flat out and and you've got you know hackstall trying to find the right combination so the minute you feel some chemistry with somebody it's like well get him out of here and we gotta it's not doesn't seem like it's working you gotta escape with this guy yeah the swapping the lines back and forth and all around every single game they, they gotta they gotta pick something that works and then build on it yeah but, and, you know. and you know he's responsible for some of that stuff too Hackstall, i mean we didn't really talk about him but i think he needs to settle down a little bit and i he has done with the the top line eberle and Winberg and uh, Schwartzy, you know, they've been producing. And so, you know, they're, they've are they been staying together. And I think McCann was hurt and is back now. And I don't even think I've seen him on that line because they don't want to mess with it or whatever. So he's finding his way somewhere else. But, but you know, it's a really complicated, hard problem to solve. And they, we got to give them some time. I I. Yeah. I personally think we, we have to relax and give them some more time and be thankful that we in Seattle have a hockey team. I know they could have gone somewhere else, you know? Um, so I'm just going to keep going up and supporting the team. It's a, it's a, it's an Olympics year. There's, there's winter Olympics in Beijing. In right. January, yes. January, 2022. And there's a big, I think it's a three-week break in from, from in February for the NHL. So uh, talk to me after the break, and let's see what they start looking like coming out of that. Well, and he, hey, we're here. We want, we're looking at this stuff. We want to be critical where we need to be critical. 
And I, I don't want to let anyone off the hook. And like I said, I think Grubauer's not playing up to his ability. But at the same time, I'm not ready to I'm not ready to punt on this team 13 games into the no. season. Or any of the players or the coaching staff or anything. We gotta we gotta stick it out and and see what they can do. Exactly. And in fact, I'm willing to uh put some skin in the game. So we got an inaugural season stick um, sitting around. I've got it at my house right now, and I'd be willing to bet you that the Seattle Kraken figure this thing out, and they end up making the playoffs by the end of the season, which for this team I think would be a, an absolute success. And you're putting the stick on the line. So, yeah, if, if I win, I get to keep the stick the rest of the year. And uh, if you bet me and you win and the Kraken don't make the playoffs, then you get to keep the stick the rest of the year, and we'll come up with a new bet next year to see who gets the stick. I'll take, I'll take that bet. We'll see. First season, I'm going to say that they don't make it to the playoffs. Not that I don't want them to, but they're just it'll be a hell of a comeback for them to make it. So I'll, I'll take that bet, and I'll take that stick. The bet is laid. So the I'm bet is on. on the lane. The bet is on. Okay, well, we we love you guys, and, you know, it's tough out there right now, so we understand that. But uh, Don't get too frustrated. It's just a game. It's why you have to be mad. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what the puck. I think in this case we should end with an ohm. Ohm. Meditate on it. <laughs> As always, the Kraken Captains would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning into another episode. Let us know your thoughts. Follow us on social media. Drop us a line. Let us know what you want to know about the Seattle Kraken. And we'll see you right back here for the next episode real soon. Hello out there. We're Thanks a lot. Here. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.